Welcome to the Maroon and White Audible, featuring your host from MaroonandWhiteNation.com, Justin Strawn. Welcome to the newest episode of the Maroon and White Audible. I am your host, Justin Strawn. we got a good show lined up for you today. We are going to be discussing basically just one thing today. That is the Mississippi State baseball season, which starts on Friday. We're going to be doing a little bit of a preview about what you can expect and what is to take place this coming year. Uh, I'm not going to spend any time on the basketball game. I'm going to try to break things down a little bit more individually in terms of topics for this particular show. So I'll explain more of that in just a second. But for right now, though, I do need to go ahead and get my sponsor taken care of. So let's do that right now. Hey guys, this is Justin Strong from MarinaWhiteNation.com. If you're a golfer and you live in the Greater Memphis area, you're probably just like me looking for the best opportunity for you to spend your golfing time wisely. Well, why not look and check out Cherokee Valley Golf Course? My son and I golf there almost every single time we go out, and it's a great course whether you're a skilled golfer looking for a challenge or if you're a beginner somewhat like me and just trying to learn how to play the game. My son and I have been playing there for years, and we would highly recommend it. They've done a great job of keeping the course maintained. It's a beautiful course, lots of wonderful practice facilities. No reason that you shouldn't be out there honing your game. So if you're in the Olive Branch area or in the greater Memphis area, give Cherokee Valley Golf Course a look and go ahead and tell them I sent you. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course. You can call them at 662-893-4444, or you can book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com. All right, like I was saying right before we went to the break, obviously I want to you know talk about why I'm going to be doing the shows the way that I'm doing them. With me doing the shows like this, I will have a little bit more control over how often I get to post and just whenever I think that it is necessary. So they're going to be a little bit more topical, whereas when I was at Bulldog Sports Radio, for those of you who listened to me there, the shows I had to do there were always much more... Uh, I typically, I mean, I had to squeeze t- stuff in. So if there were two or three things that had to be talked about uh, because of the fact that uh, there was two or three days, like from Thursday till Tuesday, you know, there's four days in between that. If there a lot happened between then, I had to talk a lot of, about a lot of things on Tuesday. And it could make for a kind of a long show on Tuesday and kind of for a short show on Thursday. So I'm trying to keep things a little bit more condensed, you know, just talk about individual topics. And that way each show isn't altogether that long. Uh, probably looking at no more than 10 to 15 minutes per show at any given time. So today, like I said, we are focusing on the baseball season. I will talk about the basketball game that Mississippi State played on Tuesday night against Alabama. They did win that game by 19 points. Just if you uh, were curious, I would like I said, I'll discuss that uh tomorrow when I get ready for the Arkansas game coming up this weekend. But for now, I do want to focus on baseball because the baseball season starts in earnest on Friday. Uh, the Bulldogs will be welcoming Youngstown State to Duty Nebo Field on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this week. All afternoon games. Uh, the earliest game is on Friday. The latest game is on Friday. It starts at 4 o'clock, and Saturday is at 2 o'clock, and Sunday is at 12 o'clock. Look, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Youngstown State. I, I expect Mississippi State to sweep this series. 
If they don't sweep it, that might be a little bit of a red flag, but I, not, I wouldn't say it's going to be too much of a red flag. Uh, like I said, I expect them to win the series, and I expect them to win it relatively easily. I just want to get more prepared for what you can expect when Mississippi State takes the field on Friday in terms of their lineup and how they're going to be uh, fielding. Uh, first and probably most important thing that you need to know is this team is going to be built on pitching this year. Uh, the offense will be good. The offense was good last year. At least at times it was good last year. I think we're going to get a little bit more consistency now that some of these players have grown up a little bit. Uh, you'll see guys like Rowdy Jordan, Tanner Allen, uh, Jordan Westberg, Justin Foscue. You'll see all those guys probably have more consistent seasons this year. Last year, they could be good at times, and then there were stretches where those guys just struggled because they were freshmen. Uh, they were put into a difficult situation last year, and to their credit, they played pretty well overall. Uh, like I said, but they should be more consistent this year just because of the fact that they've been through the grind a little bit. Uh, they know what it's like. They played a bunch of games last year. Uh, they ended up playing a total of 58 games on the season. Uh, if I'm adding that up correctly, yeah. No, I'm sorry, 68 games. 68 games on the season. Um, so they played quite a bit last year. They've got, a th they've got some really good experience playing in some of the biggest stages that they'll play in uh, as a college player. So that's they should be more consistent offensively than they were a year ago. If you don't recall from last year, the first, like – probably 30 games. I mean, Mississippi State just couldn't do anything offensively. They were getting a little bit uh, – they were doing pretty well pitching. Connor Pilkington and Ethan Small were, you know, chugging along and doing their best to keep Mississippi State in games, but they just weren't getting any support from their offense. And then once they hit that Ole Miss series, that's when the bats woke up and Connor Pilkington kind of fell off uh, the cliff a little bit there uh, towards the end of the year after that. But it was always just a matter of can they score enough runs. And then once they started scoring runs, the pitching kind of – tailed off so you should see more consistency this year but the pitching is where Mississippi State is going to win their games now Ethan Small he will be the ace he will be the guy who goes out on Friday and I expect him to stay the Friday guy even if JT Ginn ends up I can never remember if it's Ginn or Jen but for now I'm going again uh, I, I don't expect him to take over the Friday night role just because of the fact that Eventually, they're, go they're, they're going to settle into a routine, and you don't really want to start messing th th with those routines up. I think JT Ginn may end up having the better year. I'm not 100% sold on that, but I think he may end up having the better year. But I think you're going to see Ethan Small stay in the Friday night spot, and he'll stay at that number one spot at least until the postseason. At least that's my personal opinion on the way I see this playing out. Ethan Small had a really good year last year. He only went 5-4, and four, but if you've ever followed me, on Twitter, if you ever listen to me on Bulldog Sports Radio, record doesn't matter to me. I, I, I'm not a big believer in wins and loss records. I, I'm I'm much more of a, a new guy in terms of uh, analytics and things like that. And win loss record is absolutely pointless because the fact that it it only there's only so much that a pitcher can do to ensure that they get on the win loss uh, on the right side of a win loss record. Uh, Ethan Small last year had a 3.20 ERA. This was coming off of a Tommy John surgery. So he had a really solid season. He struck out 122 batters in 101 innings, a little over one per inning. So that's a really solid rate. He gave up only 33 walks in the year. Uh, teams only hit 239 against him. It was a really impressive campaign by 
Ethan Small. The one area that he probably would like to improve upon was giving up the long ball. He gave up eight home runs on the year. Not terrible, but he probably liked to, that's probably the one issue where he struggled a little bit was just giving up the long balls. Whenever he gave up runs, he, some, he sometimes gave them up in bunches because teams could occasionally get home runs off of him. So that's probably the one area that he wants to correct and probably get a little bit stronger in going into this season as he wants to get a little uh, knocked down on those home runs after that uh, Chris Lamonis on Tuesday said that it would be JT Ginn the freshman the heralded freshman coming uh, to the Bulldogs uh, he decided not to sign with the Dodgers he was a first round draft pick gave up a little over a little under three million dollars to come play for Mississippi State so it's it's a huge get for Mississippi State because most people didn't expect him to ever make it to start with once they saw that he was a first round draft pick most people assumed that he would be playing pro baseball this year well he just wanted to be a bulldog is what it basically boiled down to he had to, he he set a number and the Dodgers did not meet that number and he wasn't backing down from it and he's always wanted to be a bulldog his entire life and so that's what he's elected to do and you know Mr. State is going to really benefit from having him out on the mound every Saturday I think he's going to thrive in that number two spot. It's not going to be the same pressure as having to match the number one guy from the other team. And I think that little bit of pressure taken off of him will help him to thrive quite a bit in the role that he's going to be given. I, I kind of think he's going to have a Paul Mahalam type freshman year. Paul Mahalam had three really good years from start to finish. And I think you could see this similar things happening with JT again. Uh, baseball, D1 baseball has labeled him as the they predicted him to be the freshman of the, of the year and I can't disagree it's not very often that teams get first round talent and the one thing that you also have to remember is he can hit uh, he was drafted to be a pitcher but he can hit so expect to see him play some 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 at the DH role it wouldn't be surprising uh, the third starter for the weekend is uh, has been announced that's Keegan James had a good not great year last year uh, he had a 434 ERA and 47 innings pitched he was mostly used as a reliever uh, I think he only you know, he didn't start any games last year so he came straight out of the bullpen last year he also was recovering from an injury and they say that he had a really solid outing in the summer leagues I don't know where he played but he had a really good outing really showed some improvement some improved velocity and they expect a big year out of him. Uh, the one area that he's going to have to improve upon is he gives up a lot of hits. Teams hit 312 against him last year. And now, he managed that pretty well. But, uh, to, for teams to hit 312 against you and only have a 434 ERA, that's, that's saying something. But he's going to need to really cut down on that, and I think that he will. Basically, for your Saturday starter, if you can be around four in your ERA, if you can be right around that mark, you know, not give up a bunch of walks, uh, you know, keep your walks down to about one every three innings. If you can get that type of production from your your Sunday starter in the SEC, then you're you're going to be in pretty good shape. So I expect him to to be able to do so. Now that's your that's your starting pitching. What you're going to have though coming out of the bullpen is almost just as, as impressive. You're losing JP France. You're losing Zach Neff. Both of those guys had really solid seasons for Mississippi State a year ago. Uh, you lose Blake Smith who sometimes acted as the closer because Mr. State's closer role was kind of up in the air uh, a season ago. But you lose those guys. But you've got Cole Gordon coming back. It looked like for a while he would not be returning to Mississippi State. Uh, he, he, you know, he kind of just basically given up. He was – he has already gotten his degree from what I understand, and he was ready to go ahead and walk away. But he decided to go ahead and come on back. 
And he's going to be a valuable piece in that bullpen. He can be a long relief relief guy, and he just brings a competitiveness to him, uh, an edge, and just that he's been through the fire. I mean, if you remember last year, I mean, his numbers overall, he had a 426 ERA. He was 4-3 and three on the season. Um, but from the time that he kind of got shelled there against Indiana in the opening game of the regional, after that performance, and people were so critical against him, he just stepped it up completely another level. I don't know that he gave up another run the entire season. Uh, it was just a great, incredible performance by him in the postseason last year, and it's great that Mr. State can get him back for one more year because he will be a nice addition out there in long relief. That He may have to do some closing duties with, um, with Spencer Price having to still recover a little bit, so we'll see how that goes for him. But he's, you know, that's going to be kind of the area that they got to figure out here early on. Is is Spencer Price going to jump straight back into that closer role? Are they going to let Riley Self kind of take over as the closer for a little bit? Because what had happened in 2017, Riley Self came in and he, like, pitched with, like, pitched like the seventh and the eighth inning, and he would set it up for Spencer Price. He would close it down in the ninth inning. Are they going to try to keep that same setup? You know, I, I don't know. Um, you'd hope that Denver McQuarrie would end up being a big part of this bullpen as well, but he's been dismissed from the team, so you lost that. One guy that is coming back, that's Peyton Plumley. He was suspended for the entire season last year. He is back on the team. He had some really good innings, especially out of the bullpen. Uh, he could be another long relief type guy. Uh, so your pitching is going to be what carries you through the year for the Mississippi State uh, Bulldogs. Uh, what you get out of your lineup, you need to get, you know, four or five runs per game. If you can get it around five runs per game on average, you're doing pretty good. And if you can hit the ball around 300, then you're going to be doing pretty well there as well. Last year they hit 277 as a team, but uh, that average was really hurt by the fact that they – just struggle for so much of the early part of the season they're going to have to rebound a little bit this year and i think they will uh the starting fielding positions according to chris lamonis on friday night and into the weekend will be dustin skelton at catcher who had a he had a nice postseason he struggled throughout the season uh throughout the regular season he only hit 238 but the he really picked up his his play in the postseason. That's where he kind of thrived. He was uh, all regional team in the Tallahassee regional. He had a really good regional. Uh, he hit the ball really well. He struggled a little bit with fielding some, but for the most part, he hit really well in the postseason. Uh, he's going to be your catcher. He's pretty well entrenched there, from what I understand. Uh, then you have Tanner Allen at first base. At second base will either be the JUCO transfer Gunner Gunner Halter or Landon Jordan. I don't know much about Landon Jordan. I know Gunner Halter is supposed to be a really good hitter. The question about him is with his fielding. He's made a lot of errors in community college, but he made those errors while playing at shortstop. And shortstop and second base are completely different things. At shortstop is Jordan Westberg. He didn't get a ton of playing time last year. He was a freshman. Uh, the, what he, the big moment he had last year was uh, when Mississippi State, I think, was down by a run or either up a run or something like that in the second game of the College World Series against North Carolina. He stepped up with the base load and just launched a, a grand slam over the left field fence. Uh, that was his big moment of the season. He's got power. He's got plenty of power to spare. Uh even though he only hit two home runs last year, if you look at him, he looks like a guy who's going to be a Major League Baseball player. He looks like the kind of guy who's going to who's slide into a 
three, four, five role. Uh, I expect him to have a pretty big season and provide some pop because it's, that's the one thing that this lineup is lacking is it's lacking a little bit of pop. And he might be able to provide that. The rest of the starters, uh, third base, Justin Foskey. Out in right field will be Elijah McNamee, who obviously had just a monster postseason, who hit a couple of huge home runs in the postseason, especially that first one against Florida State. Had another big one in the Super Regional against Vanderbilt. Uh, you got Jake Mangum in center. We'll get to him in just a little bit. Rowdy Jordan will be playing left field. And there's a whole list of people that it could be who could end up being the DH. Uh, it could be Hatcher. It could be Landon Jordan or Gunnar Halter, whoever doesn't get the st- a second base job. It could be Marshall Gilbert, the backup catcher. Uh, so you've got a lot of options there at DH. Now, w- how this team will go offensively will be how Jake Mangum goes. Jake Mangum is one of the best to ever put on a Mississippi State uniform. He doesn't do it, though, with the, you know, the power numbers that – you know, some of the greats have had that Brent Rucker had, that Will Clark, Rafael Palmeiro. He's always done it by being just a guy who just gets huge hits up and down the line. Every time that he comes up in a big spot, he always, he must almost always seems to come through. And to me, he made a huge jump from his sophomore to his junior year. Look, he's, he, I don't know that he's going to hit 400 like he did as a freshman. I, don't, I just don't know that that's going to happen anymore. But from his sophomore year to his freshman to his junior year, he raised his average from 324 to 351, which is good, but batting average isn't all that impressive. What's impressive is the fact that he went from a uh, 380 on base percentage, which is good, but he was at 434 as a junior. He's really showed a lot more plate discipline as a junior and I think that was one of the biggest things that lacked in his game going into his junior season as a sophomore under the tutelage of Andy Canizero. Andy Canizero for as much as he has improved hitting at LSU and he improved hitting the one year he was at Mississippi State the one thing that he I think was a detriment to Jake Mangum was he had Jake Mangum just swinging so much and he just never took a walk. Jake Mangum needs to be taking walks, and he did that a year ago, and I think he's going to do even more of that this year. Uh, you just need him on base because they ended up having to kind of change the lineup a little bit uh, last year. They ended up moving him up and down the lineup. They started him off, obviously, as the number one hitter. They ended up moving him down to, uh, I think, either the number two or number three hitter. I can't remember exactly remember where they ended up moving him uh but they moved him around just because the fact they needed some guys who could get who could get hits and he was able to do that uh so but like i said how mississippi state goes offensively will be determined a lot by how jake Ingham goes if he's getting on base and getting in front of the guy getting on base in front of the guys who hit behind him because if i don't know how chris lamonis is going to fill out a lineup card but if I had to guess, I would say it's probably going to be Jake Mangum, number one, uh, Rowdy Jordan, number two, probably Jordan Westberg, number three, Elijah McNamee, number four. Uh, if Gunnar Halter ends up getting the job, I would say he's probably your number five hitter. Uh, your DH might be there at number six. Uh, Tanner Allen at number seven. Uh Justin Foscue at number eight, and Dustin Skelton at the nine spot. That's just a guess. Uh, like I said, I don't know. We haven't seen Chris Lamonis fill out a lineup card yet, so we'll have to wait on that. But this is going to be a good year. I think Mississippi State has a chance to finish second in the SEC West and have a really good shot at making it to a Super Regional. They should be in line to host a 
to host a regional and possibly be in the mix to hosting a super regional just depending on where they finish. I think they're going to finish second. A lot of people are putting Ole Miss as the number two team. My biggest question about Ole Miss is they've got to replace their entire weekend rotation. And I, as good as they are offensively, I don't know that you can bank on putting them as the second best team in the ultra competitive SEC West when you're having to replace your entire rotation. The big thing that Mississippi State is going to have to figure out really quickly, and the thing we're going to find out probably really quickly with this team, is is this team more closely resembling going to more closely resemble the team that made the run to Omaha or the team that str- struggled so much throughout the first portion of the season? Because for the most part, it's the same team. You've got a lot of the same lineup coming back. The only two guys out of the lineup that you lost were Hunter Stovall and Luke Alexander. Uh, you've got pitching coming back. You've got Ethan Small coming back. You've probably got an upgrade from Connor Pilkington to JT Ginn. Uh, you got what should be a established starter in – Keegan James for your third role. So this should be a good team. It really should be a good team. Uh, obviously, we got to kind of wait and see how, how things play out for them. But this should be a, a team that plays well and has a chance to make it to a Super Regional. And just like last year, if things play right, they got a chance to make it to Omaha. I mean, there are some people who are expecting Omaha because of the fact they returned so much from a season ago and they made it to Omaha. So it's hard to, to you know, say you, that should be your, your goal but I can understand why people would be thinking that just because of the fact that you do have so much production returning from last year. So it'll be a fun season to watch. I'm really excited about it. I think Miss uh, State should get a nice opening weekend here against Youngstown State and hopefully get some revenge uh, against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles next weekend when Southern Miss comes to town. So, All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. appreciate you guys listening, and as always, until next time, L-State.